Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, President Trump is not wearing a mask still. I actually noticed that. I was going to mention it like he's like the only one who has a virtue signaled and happens to be, I just forgot to mention it yesterday or make the connection to what we were talking about, which was that not wearing a mask is like, uh, you know, an Illuminati hand sign for Nazis, you know, like not wearing the mask is just showing people that you are a, a neo-Nazi. Yeah. Not wearing the mask is the new MAGA hat. Yes. And it's funny because not doing something becomes this affirmative statement. Anyway, Pelosi is pressuring him. So I want to see if he if he allows himself to be dominated by her and then says, I'm not going to not do it just because she told me to do it. So I'm going to do it because I decided to do it. You know, like, I, I just wonder what silly, ambiguous drama is going to emerge from that. Yeah, I'm sure it will be silly, and I'm sure it will be ambiguous. That we do know. <laughs> also, he was at this, I guess it was a factory that he was touring. I think it was a mask factory. Yeah, and they said it was a. <laughs> they said it was like an environment, like a, ra- a Trump rally-like environment. And oh, oh. Guns and Roses' Live and Let Die was also playing, so that fits perfectly with the theme there. Take your mask off, live and let die. <laughs> that is perfect it's a nice Absolutely troll perfect. yeah i like that too so was this yesterday that that happened yeah because yesterday was cinco de mayo oh. which i had the most delicious drink i was looking up like what do i do with my meyer lemon juice and tequila for cinco de mayo i made a meyer lemon it was called a meyer lemon margarita but it was really a meyer lemon tequila sour but it was so freaking delicious that I'm going to drink it at our next disappearing patron party. And I'm going to go and send out the recipe like a few days in advance to the patrons like on that thing. So and I wanted to thank people very sincerely for all the patrons out there who have been supporting us and for people who have kind of given above and beyond all sorts of supporters. Even if you just shared the show, we're very grateful for that. So uh, that just makes me feel encouraged. Thank you. Anyway, so I'm going to send that out. And uh, so yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, and I see this, um, like, I get five, you know, Google Pixies headlines for you, Monica, which I'm sure are basically the same headline. But I maybe I get Atlanta stuff when other people don't, but I think I think everyone got this one. It was a CNN story where Mayor Bottoms was being interviewed about uh, what the, the headline was really great. Atlanta Mayor reacts to packed street on Cinco de Mayo. So the thumbnail for this article is like her face and a picture of a very not packed street, like a couple of people. And then I watched the like minute and a half video that was in that article. It was uh, I when I tweeted this out, I got so many tweets out of the same kind of response. Like, wow, I was amazed at like how far apart people were standing, like how people were managing to like party and not get close to each other. How many people were wearing masks? And she's saying, I wrote down some of the things she said. She said, they didn't, you know, this is really disappointing to me. They didn't get past the message that we were open for business. They didn't get 
to the part that said it is still a deadly virus and you need to socially distance and wear masks. And I think that's the shortcoming of this order. Uh, we are not out of the woods. There are new hotspots, one in Southeast Georgia, one in whatever. Uh, just two things about that. One is Tim Andrews tweeted, like, we would not even be hearing from her if the, the governor were a Democrat. So right. like we're only hearing, you know, and that is true. And she's so, been everywhere lately, by yeah. the way. And that's like a trend that they're doing. We've talked about it before when when Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. And this was just something that actually Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed led the charge in how mayors are plugging directly into the globalist superstructure. So they are having like international mayor meetings. They have the Sustainable Cities Network. They have, they're plugged directly into ICLEI, I-C-L-E-I, the UN sustainability thing. And, uh, and it's like, it's quite an interesting way to just bypass national governments to get to an overarching world government. See, that's what I think about the world government. They're not going to do it. We're like, okay, now we vote for world president. All this stuff is just going to be plugged in primarily, I think, through economics and trade, but also through stuff like this, where they get their marching orders. It's called lockstep for a reason. And then the other thing is erase the state. A great podcast, by the way. He sent me a uh, an article you might have seen from Tanzania, where President John Magutuli, I hope I'm pronouncing it right because in this regard, I don't know anything else about him, but respect because he tested the coronavirus test kits that they got and they labeled them as human and blah, 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 but they were like a goat, a pawpaw, like a bunch of animals, right? So, and I think these are RNA tests and I, I'm dying to listen to this podcast that just dropped of David Crow talking to Dr. Andrew Kaufman, the two guys that yeah. we heard on Higher Side Chats. I was just so freaking fascinated. Fascinating. So I'm, I'm wondering if they, and it's about testing and all that stuff that we've talked about before, but the goat and the pawpaw tested positive. So the guy said, like, we think the reason it looks like we have a lot of asymptomatic coronavirus or something like that, he said, is that the tests are flawed, which we've known from the beginning, the tests were tainted with the virus, supposedly, or with whatever it was they were looking for, which, like, I don't even know how that happens, but... Right, but God So that forbid. was on more Ingram, Ingram from day one, like, a, a bunch of tests went out that had, that were, like, kind of pre-positive, like, from what I could infer. Yeah, the tests are flawed. They don't work, not in a reliable way. And anybody who suggests there might be overcounting is a right-wing fringe conspiracy theorist. That's how it works. <laughs> Mayor mean, Bottoms, still, by the way, yeah. she was on Comedy Central. She was on a whole bunch of late-night shows last week, and she was doing this little game right here. Ask me how I feel about Brian Kemp's shutdown orders being lifted early. Okay, how do you feel about Brian Kemp's look, general Look, look, as a Democrat mayor of Atlanta, he's a governor, a Republican governor, of course. We work across the aisle. I work with him all the time. I am easy to work with. I'm fantastic to work <laughs> with. I can do things. I can get things done. But this time, this time, I had to take a stand because there are lives at stake and people will die. That's the general theme of every single message he's delivering. I want to pick up on that if I can talk a couple of numbers. Uh, the U.S. payroll came out yesterday. Uh, it, the private jobs dropped so far by over 20 million. So 20 million private sector jobs were lost so far. I think it's probably 30 million altogether. I can't. 
I, I didn't have time to figure out the exact numbers, but there's certainly a lot. Uh, there's even more than that in unemployment applications. So some of those must be public sector of the unemployment application. But I read a Zero Hedge article that Dean tweeted at me. I didn't realize it was from April 23rd, so about two weeks ago, and almost two weeks ago. And at that point, they said there were 565 job losses per death so far. And now my guess is that number would be close to 1,000 job losses per death. And I tweeted that out, and I got an answer uh, that said, well, at least they're not dead. Now, I don't know if the guy was being sarcastic or what, but I would think that one out of 1,000 people, my friend has a restaurant, 27 years of work, 27 years of livelihood, and he will lose it all no matter what. He can try to limp along by taking loans and then declaring bankruptcy if he has to. But his, I mean, and he luckily, I mean, not luckily, I don't know, but he doesn't have kids. So maybe he's not going to have a heart attack, but, or, uh, you know, worse. I would just say, you know, and you can talk about stress like that, being a source of reduced life expectancy, you can absolutely quantify the impact of something like this in terms of quality life years, which is how they're supposed to, how they actually do in the normal course of things, use their cost benefit analysis. So this is a quantifiable number. And I would argue that there is no justification for these policies if you're actually just going to quantify and measure like these pragmatic technocrats say they want. So you're admitting to being a denier, a virus denier? Is that what you're saying? And a Nazi. And a Nazi. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> virus denier Sark. and Nazi. Do I have to say Sark? Sar- oh, you know, uh, they yeah, put sar- sarcastic. If you're being yeah. sarcastic, you have to tweet Sark. Not <laughs> yeah. that it's going to work because look at Justin Carter's story where he said something threatening and then just said like JK, JK right next to it and went to jail without trial for a long time. They only let him out when they had to admit. Who is this? Justin Carter. I talked about it a lot around the Parkland thing because they were saying we had a call on this guy 37 times and we had nothing to hold him on. And that's why he got away with murder, the the kid who supposedly did Parkland. And I was like, that is bullcrap. Justin Carter was Facebooking with someone about a video game he was playing. He made a completely uh, distasteful awful joke. Then he wrote JK next to it. Some Canadian chick called the cops. He went to jail. He was not permitted a trial. He was never, he's like never allowed to use the internet again. And he was waiting for a trial, waiting for a trial, waiting for a trial. He was like having, he was a kid. He was having psychological problems. He was like just old enough to like be treated like an adult. They were absolutely abusing him. And I said, you know, this gives the lie to the Parkland story because they can hold you basically indefinitely for the slightest thing. There's no way there are 37 calls on this guy and they could not hold him if they wanted to. And right after that, this is one of the few times where I think something I said may have had an impact. I doubt it in this case. There are a couple where I'm sure of it, feel confident. This, I doubt it, but it's possible. Very shortly thereafter, they cut a plea with the guy who had like parole for a year. and then, But he was in jail for without trial for years. And his life has absolutely ruined his psyche, his physical health. Justin Carter. So yeah. I'm just saying... Uh, and if they want to get people whatever for that, it was I was saying. that's the common, that's norm. <laughs> and, and oh, they have to say Sark and JK. That's the common, that's the norm in video gaming forums is people say horrible things all the time. So you could always get them for doing stuff like that. Yes, like that's, I know. That's I, the, that's the language I, of gaming. It's horrible, horrible things said to each other. 
Trump and was, it is consistent with that demo, probably. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, highly testosterone young men it's and adolescents who are yeah. like, you know, exor- you know, getting all this adrenaline up while sitting in a chair. Yeah. So Trump was asked about whether or not he would take a vaccine once the vaccine's ready. And he answered in a good way, the perfect way, really. The only way that one can answer, especially if you don't want to get get a vaccine and the perfect Trumpian way in that he didn't really answer the question. But he said, if there's a vaccine and they wanted me to be first in line, I'd be the first in line or I'd be the last in line or I wouldn't take it at all. Whatever's best for the country, (laughs) Trump said. That's that's a great answer. He answered every answer. Yeah, maybe I will. I won't. Maybe. That is the that we should put that as the if you could send me like whatever that article I will if I if I start sprucing up my glossary again in the art of ambiguity entry I will put that as my example yeah that is the perfect example yeah take yeah. which one he said he would take it he said he wouldn't take it yeah. he said he might take it I mean if people will make a determination <laughs> it's one of those always making the determinations at the time it's just perfect. <laughs> and what about his task force? Isn't he both keeping it together and blowing it up at the same time? Well, also, <laughs> there's a story yesterday and today, and there's a lot of outrage in the mainstream media. They're really upset about this because Trump, the Trump administration has been having discussions. They've started having discussions about maybe possibly perhaps in a month in June that they might start talking about winding down the coronavirus task force in June, a month from now, they'll start maybe doing it. And everybody's all up in arms about this because there's so many people dying. The numbers are sky high. They're releasing new models every day that are doubling the numbers. And here he is talking about winding it down. And this is one of the best examples of fake outrage I've ever seen when they are getting pissed (laughs) off about something that's a month away. And even a month away, they're only going to start having a, a real discussion about it. That's a great point. I mean, it's just they, they are trying to gin up stuff that gets emotions going, but it's just uh, like for its own sake at this point. Today's show is brought to you by Neighbors Feed and Seed. While other states like Michigan have deemed seed suppliers to be non-essential businesses, that's not the case here in Georgia. And with a lot of us spending more time at home than usual right now, there's no better time to get all of your gardening needs taken care of. And if you're anything like me, then you don't know how to grow a thing in your yard, but you want to learn. Neighbors Feed and Seed has a knowledgeable staff that will give you fantastic advice on how to grow anything. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of. And the best part about it is that they are locally owned by a fantastic group of people. So if you're in the Smyrna area, stop by Neighbors Feed and Seed and say hello. Or check out their website at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. And tell them the Propaganda Report sent you. So Twitter is rolling out a new feature. They're testing it this week in the next few weeks where they are going to be alerting people. They will send users a prompt when they reply to a tweet using offensive or hurtful language in an effort to clean up the conversations on social media. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to encourage people to rethink their behavior, rethink their language before posting, because often they're in the heat of the moment and they might say something they regret. So Twitter is trying to prevent people from doing things that are regretful. What happens is when you say the language, something will pop up and it will say, this language has been flagged by other users as being offensive. Do you really want to say, it? are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> and you have the chance to and- rethink it and say, you know what, maybe I... Maybe I spoke too soon, Twitter. Thank you. And think about how 
it's using kind of algorithm AI stuff to compare patterns of language. I mean, I feel like the, because that Google jigsaw, like one of its big priorities is to figure out how AI can use sarcasm or how I should say what it says is how to detect sarcasm in comments. Yeah. So this is, I mean, I think this is part of that. And and they they it looks like it's about censorship, and I think it is. But I can't help but think a lot of this stuff that they're doing, to your point of everything being funneled through the Digiverse now, is to train AI. That's a good point. So they can have some a-hole bot who do, uses all that exact language they want us not to use. Yeah, and it's also being flagged by people who don't like people's opinions. So it could very well start to oh, just be an opinion oh that my people gosh. don't like. Yeah, like I've actually seen stuff like that where I'm like, that guy has like the filthiest filthiest mouth ever. Is that person actually objecting to somebody using language? I mean, where you could, it's it's laughable how, yeah. how it's hypocritical. I would like to know what happens if you say, you know what, Twitter, I do want to say this, post anyway. I want to see what happens because they, didn't, they don't tell you in the article. Hmm. Maybe you get well, shot. Well, you'd have to know. you'd have to start your own account. I would not risk my account for that. I don't yeah. want to lose all my articles <laughs> and my hashtag. So I have this hashtag straight out of event two hundred one. Hashtag straight out of event two hundred one. So if you find song. any headlines, yeah, like that. If you find any headlines, put that exact hashtag in it that come that really are reminiscent of event 201 and then at the end we'll have like a list of 100 things so anyway i don't want to lose stuff like that yeah yeah facebook is also taking some measures to censor people they are censoring qanon they got rid of like five <laughs> qanon groups recently and the reason that they got rid of them is kind of interesting because they say that this QAnon related content, they didn't ban QAnon altogether. They only removed like five groups who they say were spreading deliberate manipulation and not just false information unintentionally. And the standard that they use for doing this is they say that on these pages, they found, quote, coordinated inauthentic behavior. And this Definition refers to pages and accounts that mislead people about their identity and intentions, whether or not the information they spread is accurate. Okay, that's a lot. Let's talk about this for a second. It starts out with coordinated, inauthentic behavior. Yes. So Facebook is is looking for conspiracies. Yes. Okay, so they have a conspiracy theory about some Q followers. Yes, they, these Q followers are deliberately okay. trying to manipulate. They've kind of put them in the category with Russian disinformation in the, so, in the article. So, wait, so is, do conspiracies only happen among the powerless? <laughs> like, yes, that seems to be how conspiracies work. They only happen. Okay, and then what are they, so, and it doesn't matter if the news they're spreading is true, only if yeah, the people are It could be 100% true, but if they deem that it's coordinated inauthentic behavior, which means that the intentions, the person right. posting it is lying about their intentions, which is a really murky area right. because nobody really knows what their intentions are, or the person- well, conspiracies are- Right, exactly. Intended. The person doesn't appear to be who they claim to be. So what this is, is just so a- So wait, I just want to say it's an ad hominem standard. Yes. They can apply it to anybody so they it's want. it's literally a fallacious standard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, judging people's <laughs> intentions- well, it seems like your intentions aren't what you say they are. We're banning you because, you know, you're you're talking about event 201 or something like that. Well, but that it's 
inauthentic. Do you have to be inauthentic and ill-meaning? Or does inauthenticity imply Ill, Ill intent? In any case, an actual crime, if you were talking about like your standards, you have to do the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes the actus reus and the mens rea, but okay. Well, here you just have to have somebody else project uh, malicious intent into your mind. And how, you know, take that to the extreme. How can their intent not be to convey the information that they are transmitting? And that in itself would be, that is great you know, point. so yeah. that's why you have to have the actual falseness of the information as the standard. Yeah. Because yeah. the intention is, you know, the act can't be the transmission of true information with the intent of misleading people. I mean. Right. Yeah. This addresses what we used to talk about with the leak of the WikiLeaks emails that were released is they might have come from wherever. Who knows? But the fact is that if yes. they're verifiably true, they should That's still matter. That's what Putin matter. said. That's what Putin said. Oh, is that what Putin, Putin said? said? That to Chris Wallace. He was just like, "What do you care where they came from? Yeah, if they're true." Yeah. He's like, "Are you admitting that you leaked it?" He's like, "I don't even know. Right, Not everybody yeah. tells me everything, but so what?" So, what about whistleblowers <laughs> on Facebook? Are they no longer allowed? Because if you're a whistleblower, your identity isn't who you say it is, and your intention is to convey the information. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Well, it just depends on who you are. And they do make the comment that Facebook has been a lot more comfortable removing misinformation since the coronavirus started. Well, straight out of event 201. <laughs> you got to use that hashtag sometimes if you wouldn't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do it for me. Please, everybody do it for me if you wouldn't mind. Anybody listening, at Monica Perez Show, at Freedom Act Radio, you can tag us in it. So what about this, uh, speaking of, um, it depends on who's who it's coming from, the English doctor. Oh, Neil Ferguson he, the guy from the Imperial College, I believe, who created the original model that said two million plus people are going to die, that a lot of people were citing when the whole coronavirus thing started, and what they said then he in justification it, for you know. the shutdowns. Yeah. Right. And he's a big shutdown advocate, and he did revise it down, revised it down, I think maybe a couple of times, and I don't even know if they're using his model anymore, but I think he was known as like Dr. Shutdown or something like that. <laughs> well... As Dr. Shutdown and as an advocate of the shutdown, he has been fired from his job because he was having sex with someone else's wife, violating the social distancing orders. So he didn't get fired for having sex with someone's wife. He got fired for violating the social distancing well, orders. Well, when you told me about it, I did just eyeball the, an article about it because I figure it's really weird that we're getting this information about this guy. And it said in the article I read that he actually resigned because he thought it was the right oh, thing to do okay. after okay. he was busted. But here was the thing that was interesting, I thought, is that he said the reason he thought it was okay is get this. And I had missed this completely. He had tested positive, yeah. had the symptoms and was recovered. So he felt that he was in a, a, he was the one guy who could not kind of be a viral shedder. Yeah. He could not. And here's the thing. Yesterday I went on and on. I'm so embarrassed. I just could not let this thing go, but it was stupid. But it was a good point in the end, which is it's not about the Bible. It's about the Pope. It's about the priests, about the bishops. So he was saying, look, the science says that I am totally non-communicable, but I understand that it's a sin to do this, even if no harm is done. And it's really important that nobody 
takes morality into their own hands. We must take our marching orders, even if just as an example to everyone else. So he has the book and he is a priest and he can interpret the book. And he knows that what he was doing was consistent with the book. But from, so it's like the Catholic idea of scandal. You can do something that you know is right, is fine. But if it appears, like my father used to like to work on his motorcycle. It was a joy for him. So he'd be in the driveway and he would work, he'd want to work on the motorcycle on Sundays, but he wouldn't do it. He was, I thought this was ridiculous. He wouldn't do it because he thought if other people saw him do it, they would think he was working on a Sunday. Oh, wow. And that's a sin. And that would be a scandal. Now, I would argue that no one within 50 miles of our suburban New York City home would think that. Yeah. But uh, he was a little holier than the church, as they say. But that's the thing. So this guy was committing the sin of scandal without actually committing the underlying sin of endangering others. I just I just think it's interesting. I did see the part where he said his justification for doing it. I think he probably was doing it anyway. I think like Chris Cuomo, he's telling people to stay in to follow oh. orders, but he's really never planned on following them at all. It's another example of these people oh. who think they're above power, but they're trying to tell everybody else what to do, even though they never intend to do it. I would take it one step further and say he knows damn well that it's just a cold at best. Yeah. You know, I Maybe. mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you're right. I don't actually believe that he is seriously worrying about whoever he's stumping. I don't know, but I think that they know, Chris Cuomo probably knows too, although he seems dumb enough that you wouldn't even really have to tell him the details. Like, he'll just believe whatever you tell him. Like, I think that's a kind of underlying criterion for some of the talking heads. Yeah. They just have to be so stupid that they don't actually know what questions to ask. Yeah. The woman the guy was sleeping with was in an open marriage. So that seems like it might be a risk factor for coronavirus if you are buying into the coronavirus spreading easily hype, someone sleeping with everybody. Yeah, if she didn't take the time off. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, my job is to sleep with everyone. That's her but... job. That's it. <laughs> not getting laid because I was laid off. She was also on a podcast where she was telling people they need to follow the orders as well. So the couple both tell people to follow the orders. They and he he's the squirrel nailed to the tree, right? Because he lost his job. Yeah. And you thought he got fired because that's what they want you to think. Right. Yeah. But he just quit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of signals there. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, here's an important thing, I think. So I was listening to the Schumer McConnell back and forth of the day. Schumer, so I listened to Fox headlines on Sirius and they just have the same sound bites kind of over and over again. And today we're back to back, three sound bites back to back. One was Schumer saying failure to act is unacceptable. Things will be much worse if we don't act, which is completely, I think, provably wrong if they would actually just do the numbers with like a thousand people uh, per death losing their jobs, having, you know, not being able to go to a gym, alcoholism is, you know what I mean? Like they could quantify it. Not doing anything is not the default, you know, doing something is not the default answer, especially not to this libertarian. And then McConnell, McConnell, this is another thing that makes me crazy. This is so like the Republican is not a libertarian thing. 
He wants relief from liability for businesses who are getting sued during the Corona times. That makes me absolutely crazy. The only way you can have a system that doesn't regulate every single thing in your life is to hold people responsible and accountable for their actions and their decisions. The people who are making those decisions, the people who are in control, the people who are consenting to the policies. So for me, I would say the huge takeaway here is do not disconnect consequences from consent, from responsibility. It is a complete failure of the market clearing mechanism of of information. It's what Wikipedia is. It's what the pricing mechanism is. It's all information happens at the moment of decision, of interaction, of and you cannot insulate people from liability. I really, I mean, someone's going to have to convince me that limited liability corporations are really a good thing. I mean, I, I think I'm not sure liability should ever be limited. You do something wrong that you know is wrong and you should be held responsible for it. Yeah, they've been talking about that a lot in the context of the vaccines getting made. And I heard this term again for the third time in two days. I saw it in two separate articles, and then I heard it from a commentator on CNN. We are doing a Manhattan-style project to expedite the process of getting these vaccines out there, getting them created. And we're going to be creating these vaccines on mass. We're going to be mass producing these vaccines while we're testing them so a lot of them will be mass produced and never used so it'll waste billions of dollars which the taxpayers are going to be funding billions of dollars but we need to make sure that these companies have immunity so that they can do this talk about straight out of event 201 i mean straight out of event so you can go to our special from february 24th maybe even february 8th and say, this is the thing, liability and regulatory relief for the scariest thing out there. And uh, and another thing that Trump wanted to do is like uh, reduce payroll taxes. So again, you have all these people who are consenting, who are complying, and they are being insulated from the consequences of taking the path of least resistance. It's disgusting. And, uh, and you know, this thing that happened we're running out of time, but I want to talk about, let's do it in the patron 15. I want to talk about the SWAT team raiding the bar uh, in West Odessa, Texas. It's interesting. And it goes to what, what your choices are if you don't want to take a lot of debt. And, you know, if you don't want to play their game you want to take matters into your own hands, what what could happen to you? So let's do that in the patron 15. And I'm also going to tell you about possibly a vermin invasion, not worse than murder hornets, but kind of my worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, a TV broadcaster got stung by a murder hornet on purpose, by the way, to show how painful it is. So there's always idiots out there testing those and things And did the hornet chew the guy's head off? Yeah, he died. The, he, the hornet <laughs> swallowed him whole. He's a oh, that's what they do. The bees, they go into the hive and they bite their heads off. And I have some of these civil disobedience tactics that are being used, which speaks to what you were saying about that restaurant oh, great. being raided. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at theprofitreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every day that we post a drive time news blast, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. And for $5 a month, less than 15 cents a day, you can get access to that content and our virtual parties. And we do accept donations higher than the $5 rate to help us continue producing the show. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.